Hey guys, we are back and we will soon be bringing you audio of the full sessions from TechShare Pro. For today though, we are going to have some additional insights from sponsors and speakers and let's get kicked off with the event hosts themselves. Google, that's right, Christopher Patno is back. My name is Christopher Patno and I'm the head of accessibility programs at Google. This is my second time coming to, to TechShare Pro. We came last year trying to expand our understanding of what's important and what is available to help people with things we could take back into the States. And we liked it so much, we decided that we wanted to host. So I'm really glad to, to welcome people from literally all over the world to join us here to, to talk, learn, and share with each other. Inclusive design is, is really the core of, of for me, it, it's sort of the superset of accessibility. Accessibility is, in, is an important part of what it means to be, to be inclusive. Um, if you don't design with thought, you're going to accidentally exclude. So what we do at Google is we try to ask the questions of how could we make something more inclusive, how could we make something more accessible early in the process. So we make a choice and, and understand what we need and prioritize it and make our products better. So inclusive design is sort of core to how we bring our mission to life, making the world's information universally accessible. I'm really excited to see what people have to say, what we can learn from each other, and how we can move everything forward together. So that's Google on the importance of accessibility. Couldn't agree more. Another sponsor of the event, Microsoft. Let's hear from them now. They feel equally as passionate about accessibility. I'm Hector Minto. I'm the Senior Technical Evangelist for Accessibility at Microsoft. Uh, we're a headline sponsor this year. Uh, we're really delighted to sponsor TechShare Pro. It's an important event in the calendar, uh, frankly, because it just brings everyone who's, you know, who's got accessibility in their DNA to, to, to an event to discuss you know, current themes. Accessibility is one of those mega trends. You know, it's not going away. It's just going to keep growing. Uh, we're building a future digital society. And if we don't proactively include people with disabilities, we're just going to bank problems for the future. So, you know, it's really important that we're having this discussion across the whole industry. You know, I think we should kind of make sure that we're doing the rigor of accessibility. So how are people checking for accessibility? How are we actually making sure that content, software, everything is accessible? So some of the, the current checking tools. Uh, but of course, you can't talk about accessibility nowadays without looking at AI and the difference that, that, you know, artificial intelligence and machine learning is going to make in the lives of people with disabilities. We have a program called AI for Accessibility, which is looking for people to actually come and work with us, let us know what your tools are for the employment uh, of people with disabilities, access to modern life, improving human communication. So we're actually, you know, we're funding a lot of that work through our AI for Accessibility program. These guys have got some brilliant insights into how accessibility works and is prioritised within their organisations. Next up is Barclays, another sponsor of the event, and the importance of bringing everyone on board when it comes to digital inclusion. Uh, my name is Emanuela. I'm part of the digital accessibility team at Barclays. Uh, so we are a sponsor of Texture Pro. We all agree that without a network of people who are advocates and passionate accessibility champion, uh, you can really achieve the accessibility um, results you want to achieve. Um, so it's very key to have this network going and growing uh, more and more. Uh, I think the, the key, um, you really need to um, find people in your organization who are passionate about accessibility. So uh, no one is who, who 
is nominated by someone else to be a champion will ever do a great job. But if you do find those people who are generally passionate about accessibility, uh, then you have you know partnership in every single team uh, within your organization. That's how you really um, get accessibility integrated in everything that your organization does. One of the things that motivates the most uh, our champions is to share what other champions are doing um, so uh, you know we love to share um, this success story so um, very recently for example one of our champion uh, let us know that uh, they had th their team have won an award an accessibility award for the website they had uh, recently built uh, so clearly there was a great news and when you shared that kind of news with the other champions really motivates them because it's so easy to get demotivated and frustrated when you can't get the results that you're hoping to get uh, but when you see that someone else has done it then you understand okay there is hope I can do it uh, I just need to work on it but I can achieve it and we've heard from them before, it's Paul Walsh and Harbin Germa of Lenovo, event sponsors, and they're back again to talk about accessibility. From a Lenovo perspective, we're, we're kind of really excited to be uh, partnering with AbilityNet. Uh, look, when we, we talk about the, the whole area of a smarter uh, technology for all, we, we are looking to drive a much richer, uh, inclusive environment um, to ensure that you know, we can, uh, not as an afterthought, but when we think about from a design perspective all the way through to the delivery of product solutions and services, that uh, we are truly uh, enabling and building um, systems for everyone. And, and, and uh, so we're excited to be here. Uh, I think it's our first time that we've partnered and uh, really sponsored this event. So uh, it's been really good so far. We still need to educate a lot of organizations to make sure that tech is being designed with access in mind. And if we can increase hiring of people with disabilities so that the disabled are participating in all aspects of design, from testing and customers to designing the actual products, then everyone will have more accessible designs and better products overall. One of the reasons why I'm really excited about our partnership with Haven and then obviously our, our partnership with you is to really think about how do we look at um, inclusivity you know, uh, within, within the actual culture, part of our DNA, that we can actually, as we're designing products, that we're looking at those products or designing those products from the beginning with an, in, an inclusive um, um, point of view. And I'm really not thinking about it as an afterthought. So um, what, I, what we'll see with, with Harbin in, in our relationship is, is really ensure that, one, we are looking at it from a cultural perspective and what do we have to do to ensure that we're uh, really diverse and inclusive, and I mean that in, in, in a whole, very holistic manner, and two, how when we're thinking about designing our product solutions and services, that it is very inclusive as well. And I think the only way to truly do that is by having that within our DNA. Success would look like a culture where disability is celebrated as a driver of innovation and as people with disabilities as talented. So I really want to help change the culture so that disability is centered at Lenovo in all aspects of design. And community helps create that. So we want to build up the disability community at Lenovo. 
I think it's really important for us to look at um, you know all of the advancements that that we've been making across technology, um, whether it be you know cloud, big data, AI, uh, mobile, social, you know blockchain, etc. And with all those advancements, we still see you know across the across industries that we still have friction. There's still friction in the system. So where our goal is really, how do we understand that and then remove that friction? And then that's not going to be for any organization a, a monolithic change. It's continuous improvements. And I think um, what Haben is going to be able to help us with is uh, even within Lenovo is how do we continuously improve and start getting better? And some of that is, as we said, is in our culture. Some of that is going to be in our product sets, and and that's going to be really important. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, we believe uh, what we can uh, provide and what we will provide uh, is going to benefit is going to benefit all. Now it's the brilliant Jenison Assumption. He's co-founder of Guard G A A D. That's Global Accessibility Awareness Day. As if you didn't know that already, he works for LinkedIn and he talks about well G A A D and how it came about, but also accessibility in gaming. My name is Jenison Assumption, and I'm visiting. London from San, the San Francisco Bay Area. I, in my day job, I head up accessibility engineering evangelism over at LinkedIn, and I'm here. Uh, this is my first tech share that I've been to. I'm really excited uh, to get an opportunity to uh, network and interact with uh, folk in the London accessibility scene and uh, from across Europe and elsewhere. It's it's great to uh, uh, leave. Uh, the U.S. and Canada area and come out here to see what, what's going on uh, in the accessibility world here. So the 9th Global Accessibility Awareness Day is going to be on May 21st. I co-founded the event uh, with a friend of mine now. Uh, we didn't know each other then, but his name is Joe Devon. He's out in Silicon Beach, out in the Los Angeles area. Um, and he basically wrote a blog post in November of 2011 bemoaning uh, the fact that developers uh, didn't know a lot about uh, accessibility and how to use a screen reader and all that kind of stuff. And he, uh, he kind of uh, made a, uh, an edict or, or, if you will, uh, uh, kind of charged everyone to, uh, to learn more about accessibility and that there should be a day dedicated to learning about accessibility around the globe. And uh, he wrote a blog post. I read it. And uh, the rest, as they say, is history. I think one of the one of the the most interesting thing over the last couple of years is the emphasis on gaming uh, and accessibility. Oftentimes, the discussion on accessibility is around uh, e-commerce or uh, banking, government, that kind of thing. Uh, forgetting the fact that uh, people with disabilities also want to have fun. Uh, so, gaming has certainly become an area that has become a focus of Global Accessibility Awareness Day over the last few years. Uh, also higher ed, um, as we, we call it higher ed in, in the U.S. tertiary education here, uh, but just making sure educational experiences are accessible because obviously without education uh, that kind of leads to unemployment or underemployment, uh, which is uh, such, a, such an issue still within the uh, community of people with disabilities. So just in general, those, those are like in terms of trends, those seem to be the big ones. But in terms of like personal things that I've, I've been thrilled about, in uh, 2017, uh, I was at a, a Global Accessibility Awareness Day event in Copenhagen, and uh, Tim Berners-Lee happened to be there, the father of the internet. 
So just to have uh, lunch with him was, was such a thrill. Um, there was uh, the state government of California, I'm going to say two years ago uh, or last year, proclaimed um, uh, Global Accessibility Awareness Day as something that's actually on the books within the state uh, government of California. So we're coming towards our 10th anniversary. Uh, Joe and I are still shocked at how much this took off, and uh, we're just waiting to see what happens next with it. And, and of course, I, I do want to take a minute to acknowledge the big support AbilityNet has been uh, over the years and uh, ho uh, having different um, celebrations to mark Global Accessibility Awareness Day, so we, we really appreciate that. I mean, it goes without saying, the, uh, the, the, the buzzwords of the day, machine learning and AI, artificial intelligence on, on one side, uh, and, then, and then these immersive experiences, uh, XR is, is what they're calling it, uh, a morph of uh, uh, AR and VR, and they're calling it XR. Um, so yeah, there's so much uh, opportunities uh, in the, the, those areas that I, I think uh, still need to be exploited. I don't know if everyone knows exactly how they're going to apply it for accessibility, but there's certainly a lot of buzz. So I'm, I'm um, you know, hopefully uh, around Global Accessibility Awareness Day next year, maybe there'll be some focused discussions around that. We're going to finish off today's episode with the brilliant Caroline Casey. We have to hear from her again. There's no better way to wrap up. Don't forget, coming soon in the feed will be full session recordings with transcripts, of course. So watch the feed for that. But for now, here's Caroline. My name is Caroline Casey. Um, one of the things is I'm the founder of the Valuable 500, um, which was launched in Davos of this year. And it is a global year-long campaign to get 500 of the world's biggest brands and their CEOs to put disability on their leadership agenda. It's really important for me to be here at TechShare Pro because I actually think design for all or inclusive design or accessibility validates everything that we're trying to talk to these global CEOs about is that um, people with disabilities are valuable to business. Um, we're an opportunity for growth and for innovation and for brand differentiation. And actually that we should not be categorizing our humanity, LGBTQ and race against disability, and actually technology is the democratizer. It's the leveler. Um, it's the most inclusive way that we can move forward looking at global human inclusion. Um, it's also really important for me to be here to learn because I am a Luddite. <laughs> I am... I myself am visually impaired and, and registered legally blind and I'm terrified of technology and I'm so scared of looking stupid and so scared of getting it wrong um, that I and I've stubbornly avoided it and yet technology is so empowering and in doing the valuable 500 campaign I, I couldn't have done it without it there's no way I could have um, and so it's for me it's we're all on a journey together but I'm absolutely passionate about as we technologically develop we have to make sure connection and heart is in there and I really believe that's important and that we need to combine our heart and the advancement in technology because that's the potency we can never forget the human need to belong to to be seen as equally unique and valuable for me success looks like that disability 
is normalized into business, it's integrated into business, that we can turn up knowing our otherness and accepting difference and that we're all equally unique and valuable. Not that we eradicate difference, but that we leverage it. That's what makes me excited. 90% of our companies are, say they're passionate about inclusion, yet only 4% include disability. In 2019, that is bonkers, and that is not inclusion. The second statistic that is terrifying to me is 56% of our boards, like our company boards, have never had a disability conversation. 7% of our C-suite have a lived experience of disability, and four out of five of them are hiding it, like I hid my disability 20 years ago. Like, I came out of the closet 20 years ago, but it's still happening. So why the tipping point? Well, I think there is this extraordinary tipping point now that when I see the valuable 500 going, and we've reached that tipping point of 170 companies, when I meet a CEO, they go, well, why wouldn't I? Because why? Actually, the, the digital revolution, the technology advances make it exciting. And also, through social media, the voice of the 1.3 billion people who are consumers and talent and who are suppliers and members of the community, that voice is being heard. I also think a huge tipping point is the younger generation because they are insisting upon full human inclusion and they're to be allowed to be unique. And why should they fit into a box? They want to belong. So if you think about the technolo technology, you're thinking about how we communicate, that the raise, the amplifying of the voice, that the younger generation coming. And I also think we're starting to have real conversations about being human. But I often talk about when Sinead Burke, who's a, a friend of mine who's small stature and she's Irish, on the cover of Vogue magazine. So when fashion gets on board, you're starting to think, oh my gosh. And you know what? Forget what I've just said. You can feel it. And so what I often say is when you see something and when you hear something, when you're seeing and hearing, that changes the way we behave. Look at the IKEA campaign called Disables. Look at Netflix now putting disability programming into their content. They ain't doing that just to be nice. They're doing that because there's consumers. It's happening and you can feel it. And I kind of think, oh, is it 18 months away or is it now? And you can't control time, but when time comes, we gotta be ready and we are. Apple is one of the most preferred brands of people with disabilities in their families, right? It was the first brand in the world to, to trigger a trillion. I mean, look how successful it is. Actually, if you look at Interbrand's top five brands in the world, all of them have an inclusion strategy, which equally includes disability, by the way. So that's amazing. So what I am, I'm just fascinated that business doesn't see this opportunity. Like they don't, they don't, they're not woken to it just yet, but it is, here and it is coming because apple is that ex is that example right so it was inclusive design for all making beautiful products for everyone like i remember somebody told me years ago which is hilarious that the remote control was designed for visually impaired people and we all use it and then you look at things like you know text messaging for people who are hearing impaired clipomatic which i now use is not just great for People are hearing impaired, but for everybody to be able to look at a video and not have earphones. I often think if you designed airports with people who are visually impaired, who have lived, different lived experiences, it would be extraordinary. Coming into Google today for this event, 
has been amazing. It's not just for people with disabilities, for everyone. The energy in this room, because the obstacles are being taken out of the way. If we take the obstacles and barriers out of the way for people with disabilities, we take them out of the way for everyone. We all know the well-known quote is if we make um, buildings accessible for people who are using wheelchairs, we, for buggies as well, for people having suitcases, do you know what I mean? This is not rocket science. Like, you know, universal design, designed for all, for all customers. Who wants to keep the customers closed out? Why would you do that? I want us to stop this identity politics and I want us to stop competing with each other to have our voices heard, not only within the disability community, but outside it. There is enough for everyone. You know what, if I give to you, I don't take away from myself. We're trying to create a world where everyone belongs. So we don't need to compete humanity against each other. And the second thing is I absolutely believe inclusion is a leadership issue. It's a sustainability issue. It is a culture issue. It is not a DNI issue.